Hello, welcome back to another episode of Three Point Play. Uh, today I'm joined by my good friend Amrit, another big Celtics fan. You want to say what's up? Hey guys. Um, yeah, as Vijay said, I'm a pretty big Celtics fan, so I'm excited to talk about some Celtics basketball. Yeah, I was talking about game four here. Uh, the main thing that I took away from game three and game four is that the Celtics are just the better team. We are definitely just the better team. The only reason that the Bucks are in this series is that Giannis is just willing himself in their way into this game. And the Celtics are committing unforced turnovers and not converting on open looks. And, and just because of those two reasons and Giannis just being a dominant, I, I think right now the best player in the league, is the only reason the Bucks have two wins in this series, personally. Yeah, they are the better team, but you got to give credit to the Bucks because they, they're really good at taking the Celtics off rhythm. I think for the first three quarters of the game, Celtics weren't really in rhythm. It's only until the last quarter where they really uh, found their groove and, you know, Tatum and Horford were playing pretty well. And that's when they, you know, started taking the lead and stuff. But for the first three quarters, sure, we were in the game, but it was really chippy. Uh, like I said, there was no rhythm to to the game, so we had no offense going for us. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, and I just think there's a lot of unforced turnovers. There was two turnovers that Marcus Smart had that just made me so like pissed off. Where they ran that pick and pop with him and Al Horford, and then he does that hook swing pass back to the top of Horford, and he just like he just threw it like unaccurately, and then and the Bucks just picked it off and took it for transition, and they got two buck and they got two buckets out of it. And then there was another one where I think it was like Derek White and Marcus Smart passing passing it to Tatum on like the far left wing, and Pat Conton just picked it off. He just oh ran, yeah, and then there's just it's just unforced turnovers, and I think if the Celtics cut those out, which they obviously did in that fourth quarter, which showed mm-hmm. like how good this team can be, and and if they can play like that. For four quarters, I don't think the, I don't think a game would be close. We we should have had a double digit lead, honestly, in the first half. But mm-hmm. it was not only the turnovers, but also the rebounding. The rebounding, so that, oh that my really god, got, that was terrible. That's I think that was so part of like, Rob Williams not being there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but well, yeah, we were terrible offensively. That we we're giving them so many second chance opportunities uh, in like rebounding. So yeah, that was that was like turnovers and rebounding were the two biggest. Uh, mistakes that we made, but somehow we were able to pull through at the end. Yeah, I think the Daniel Tice minutes were just atrocious. He usually has that little like, like twelve foot jump shot that sometimes that, that, that he can make, but he <laughs> missed all those today. He like he went over five today, over two from three. He took two threes super early in the minutes, super early in the shot clock. That oh, yeah. one was early in the shot clock, one was late in the shot clock. But still, I don't like Daniel Tice threes early in the shot clock, and then he and then he's missed all of his like little like twelve foot shots. And there was a one there was that one possession where Giannis missed back to back free throws, and then he just didn't box out Brooke Lopez, and they got an easy tip in in the third quarter. So yeah, the, yeah. the Daniel Tice minutes were just not good. No, I think even the commentators were saying uh, you're not going to win the game with Tice shooting threes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but but still, like Tice was good defensively. I, I know a couple of possessions where uh, he was contesting a lot of shots in the paint, making it harder for Giannis and even Brooke Lopez to score. Uh, so in terms of that, I appreciated his minutes. But offensively, yeah, he was off even with his close shots as well as threes, obviously. The whole Celtics just in the paint today played so physical on Giannis. And then, they, and then the, I just think they did a much better job of 
making him take tougher shots. Like obviously he still had those plays where he had dunks and he had layups and whatever. But still, mm-hmm. I think in a general way, they played a lot better defense deep into the paint. There was that one possession, I think it was either, it was either late in the third or in the fourth quarter, where Jalen Brown like he like he like made him fumble the ball on the baseline and then he, he like kicked it out and then it led to like a turnover. And mm-hmm. and so I just think they play more physical and I just think they're not playing scared. That's that's the thing I like. No one over there is scared of Giannis. And even I and there's we're seeing, seeing we're seeing a bit of chippiness between the teams. I like there was a one possession where like Marcus Smart and Giannis got tangled up underneath like like underneath the basket on like the back end of a play. And then Marcus uh-huh. Smart went to go like he like reached his hand out to go to go help him up and Giannis like kicked him away. So yeah, yeah. Even a couple possessions later, actually, uh Jalen Brown uh kind of got chippy with Giannis when he went for the dunk. Mm-hmm. Giannis fouled him. And Jalen Brown thought that was like a bit of a you know cheap play. So he said some words and then what Giannis like kind of pat him on the back or was holding him on the back and he just like flipped his hand away. Yeah. Uh, so I mean I kind of like that though. I, I like it. Yeah. I yeah. like the energy. Um, you know, sure they're the friends after the series, but like, you know, during the series, it's uh it's cold-blooded war. Exactly. If they if they play scared of Giannis, they're not gonna win the game. Like, like obviously this is the like a weary comparison, but that 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 2018 series that we had with like mm-hmm. with like rookie Tatum and all that stuff against against LeBron, that team, that team was scared of LeBron. That team was definitely yeah. scared of LeBron. Like, yes, we took them to seven, but everybody on that team was scared of LeBron. Right. But mm-hmm. everyone, no one here is scared of Giannis. Not that not that Giannis isn't great, but but there's they're playing tougher. Part of that is because the Celtics, their biggest selling point is how they play defensive, like defense collectively, mm-hmm. right? So like, if, there's there's never one player who's forced to take on Giannis. Like before, it used to be uh, Sami Ojale. You know, he was supposed to be the Giannis stopper. Yeah. But the new Celtics defense is everyone switching. Mm-hmm. Uh, switch. Uh, you, you know, everyone plays one through five. Mm-hmm. So there isn't, there's no need to be scared because anybody can guard him basically. Um, sure, he takes on Jalen Brown a lot. I see that, uh, but you know, even a smaller guy like Marcus Smart, Giannis himself is scared to uh, go after. Yeah. So the fact that the Celtics can play defense collectively really helps them. And it, honestly, it's the other way around. Giannis is more scared of our defense than we are scared of him. Yeah, and then at some point we have to bring up Al Horford's shot making, which has just been amazing. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, that was beautiful. Oh man, like- let me read you this man. This man shot eleven for fourteen from the field, five for seven from three. That and plus twenty from the field, brought down eight rebounds, three assists, and only one turnover. Like that, at thirty points. Like that is just yeah. There's, there's no doubt. I mean, I'm sure I don't know the Celtics have announced this yet, but he's definitely the player of the game um and yeah there's no doubt we won because of him like we only won because of him mm-hmm. uh his energy he also he he showed a lot of emotion after that dunk which i was kind of yeah. surprised by because i was usually a quiet guy or you know he just minds his business his mind's his own business but mm-hmm. he showed a lot of enthusiasm he knew that that's what the the bench you know the team needed to get something going you know yeah so, yeah it was and one too he had to get him back after Giannis got him in like the second quarter on that fast oh break. yeah yeah, back for that, and uh, and I mean it's it's another reason that I think the Celtics team has potential to go deep into the playoffs, like even deeper than than the, what they are now, is because on top of having the talent and that they have and the rotation, their defense, they have veteran presence in Al Horford. Yeah, 
right? Mm-hmm. They, have, they have guys who've, who've been in the league for years and years and years, and he's showing his leadership, you know? And he... Yeah. And, and, that, and that's, he, mm-hmm. that's why he was a great pickup last year. I think Kemba was supposed to be that guy for us last year, and, and, and Marcus, obviously, um, that veteran leadership. But I didn't like, you know, he wasn't really, he didn't really spark that in the team. But Al, like, you, you know, even Tatum after the game was talking about in his rookie season, he came and uh, Al Horford, uh, you know, he saw his name and he was watching him his entire life. And now he's actually playing with him. So like having a respectable guy like him in the locker room uh, means a lot to the team and it really helps the team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about I have my notes here is officiating. I've talked about officiating a lot over the series. And and I'm not gonna sit here and say that the officials have an easy job, but they have to be better. Like there was this one play late in second quarter where West where Wesley Matthews pump faked and then leaned into uh what was it like Jalen Brown and then and then he he got three free throws. This is like right before the end of half. And this is like and this is like textbook exactly what they're taking out of the game. When you have an unnatural shot motion and you lean in to initiate contact, that's called that's an offensive foul. And they've been calling that an offensive foul all, all year, but they just need to be consistent in the playoffs. Like, yes, he hit him in the air, but he has unnatural shot motion is leaning into him, which is an offensive foul. There was another one, like, like the third possession of the game, where like Wesley Matthews dragged down Jason Tatum as Marcus Smart shot a three. And then they called that an offensive foul on Tatum. There's, there's another one, like mm-hmm. in the third quarter, where George Hill grabbed onto the arm of Daniel Tice and sell and sell that offensive foul on the screen that he was setting. Oh, yeah. That so, was so obvious. The, the thing with officiating is like each game, like, you know, officials are either really light with the whistle or really happy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it'll be fair if they're making the same calls on both sides. Exactly. For some reason, like, that was lacking. I remember there was, like, a jump ball that was called uh, with Brooke Lopez and um, Grant Williams, mm-hmm. I remember. And uh, that, that, that honestly was a, that was a good call. But similar to that Wes Matthews play that you're talking about, right before that, I think it was Marcus Smart who was trying to strip the ball from one of the Bucks players in the paint. Oh, was it Giannis? Was it Giannis? I think it was like on a fast. I, I think it was Giannis. And he and he had the ball. He, I thought it was a jump ball. I thought it was a pretty obvious jump ball, but that wasn't called. And before that, two players were on the ball for a shorter period of time, and they called a jump ball on the other side. So, like, you know, I don't really know um, why the officiating was so inconsistent between both sides. I think even if you look at the fouls, I'm sure there's a bigger disparity between the Celtics and the Bucks. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, 25 fouls for the Celtics, 17 for the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Free throw wise, um, they they shot only seven more free throws, but still, like you know, I saw a lot of inconsistencies on both sides from the calls. I think I remember like uh, it was either game one or game two. I can't remember, but there was like back to back possessions where Giannis back down, back down, back down, and just like and like I think it was like Grant Williams who went flying, and there was no call, and Giannis dunked it, and then. Mm-hmm. T- Exact same thing to Wesley Matthews, and they call it an offensive foul. Offensive foul, yeah. My, my only thing with Giannis is that if they're gonna allow Giannis to play the, the play the way that he wants to play, which is use his muscle, use his strength, they have to call it the same way for the other players when they decide to use their muscle and strength on the offensive end for the Celtics or for any other player. In fact, Giannis, mm-hmm. just because he's the strongest and toughest guy on the court, it doesn't mean the rules for him are are like 
the rules for him are any different than they are for any other players. If he's going to just literally drive his shoulder into the defender three times in a row on three power dribbles and then turn around and dunk the ball, then if Tatum does that on a smaller defender or Al Horford does that on, on a smaller defender, then it cannot be called an offensive foul. So either call both of them offensive fouls or don't call either of them offensive fouls. But I just can't stand it when they call the, when they call for Giannis, it's, there's no call. And then for the other players, they call, they call it an offensive foul. That's fair, but Tatum does have that reputation to push off, you know. And if you look at the replays, actually, you can see him with his – uh, left hand, or if he has a ball in yeah, his left, about, right hand, about, pushing off. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not talking about push off. I'm, I'm talking about like in the post, like just like just like bodying someone. Tatum does foul offensively a lot, and sometimes he doesn't even get away with it. Yeah. So, so I'm not gonna say you're gonna act like Tatum is just some clean player. He does foul a lot on the offensive end, but it's just like in the post. I just feel like, and it's 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 not Giannis's fault. Giannis is he's just he's gonna. That's just his game. Yeah. He just he just makes it tough on the officials to make the right call. That's it. Yeah, yeah. What What do you think of uh What do you think of Tatum's game though? Uh, again, he was kind of lacking the first half, maybe even the third quarter, but kind of said. In my notes, I have it written down as the quiet as the quietest thirty piece that I've seen. Uh huh. Yeah, like I mean, it seemed like 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 he was off that like the first shot I remember he took like they were in drop coverage. He he went around the screen, just pulled up and hit like the side of the backboard on his first three of the game. It mm-hmm. just felt like he was off, but, I mean, he had obviously he had 30 points, and he was a big part of us closing that game out. He had a lot of big shots in the fourth quarter to put us up and to, yeah. and, and to stretch the lead, you know? I, th- I think what changed for him was that initially, the first three quarters, he was almost playing or trying to play like Giannis, like a very physical, um, always trying to, like, he, he, was, he was trying to body Wes Matthews quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But the thing, the difference between Tatum and Giannis is in skill. You know, like Tatum has those uh, you know, sidestep jumpers, for example, that Giannis doesn't have. And uh, when he started utilizing his skill more in the fourth quarter, that's when he started seeing results. Um, and that's when he started realizing that um, I don't have to play like Giannis. Uh, just because the game is physical doesn't mean I have to play it in a physical manner. I can just play it in a skillful way uh, and get buckets that way. So I think that's what changed from the fourth, and that's when he caught fire. And obviously, he caught in the right time for us to score points and win. Yeah. I mean, something that I had noticed in game three, uh, especially in a big comparison uh, with Jalen Brown, is that in Jason Tatum pick and rolls, he was looking just to be so aggressive. Every time he was in a pick and roll, he was looking mm-hmm. to just mm-hmm. to just go score. While Jalen Brown, instead, on the other hand, he was looking to read the defense. And, and then Jalen Brown, he's being way more aggressive in, in transition, which is what I saw from, from Jason Tatum today. Tatum was being a lot more aggressive in, in transition, which is what he needs to be. He needs to pick his opportunities to be aggressive. Like, yes, he needs to be aggressive, but only at certain points. I feel like Tatum, he gets out of control. He gets a lot of he, – he gets very, like, shot happy at times when, he, when, when he's told to be aggressive because he is the best scorer on the team. Mm-hmm. But he needs to understand that he needs to be aggressive – like in in moderation, only in transition, yeah. only only at, when the opportunity like presents itself. Part of that was because I mean he was saying after the game also that he was really eager to start game four because of his poor performance in game three. So I think that kind of carried on, and you know just mentally he was thinking about oh I've got to be more aggressive 
I gotta be more physical and get in the paint and score, get draw fouls and stuff. But once he settled in, which sort of took a while and calmed down, that's when he started finding his, his shots and started knocking them down. Yeah. He, he felt more in the flow of the offense today, for sure. I mean, in the fourth quarter, I think he had a couple isolation possessions, but in the first three quarters, the, the first three and a half quarters of the game, he felt a lot more in the flow where he took shots that where, where it came to him. He wasn't rushing anything. He wasn't pushing anything. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was just whatever came to him. And I wasn't, and I, and I wasn't disappointed today in a shot selection at all. I was really, I was really mm-hmm. pleased with it, with it, with his shot selection. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's the best player on the team. So, you know, regardless of the past game, you'd want him to have the ball and, and shoot more shots than any other player on the team. But one thing that was really consistent about Tatum the entire game was his rebounding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it was brilliant the entire game. Even when he couldn't grab onto the board, he would tip it on, he would tip it to a player uh, near him. So he was doing a great job on the boards. I love to see that from him because he understands the fact that that they don't have Rob Williams and the yeah. fact that the Bucks were in a lineup of almost two seven footers. So the fact that he knows this and he's actively being more aggressive on the rebounds, I just love to see that from him. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, going forward, uh, seeing Rob Williams, I think he's he's gonna come back, but I think Ime Udoka is gonna have a tough s- situation playing his minutes. Because the Celtics looked really good today with Al Horford as their big and Grant Williams as that four. They looked really good today in that with those two on the floor together. So I, I don't know where where Rob Williams is going to come in. I I might see Rob Williams coming in and playing maybe no more than 15, 20 minutes. I, I know you were texting me before the game about how Rob Williams had minus 13 last game, mm-hmm. right? So what, what do you think, like – where did it go wrong? Why do you think he had minus 13? I, I honestly can't tell why. I think Giannis, I mean, you see this with him against Al Horford too. I think Giannis can do that like sidestep thing past him where he just goes around him because Giannis mm-hmm. is more athletic and lanky than him. Mm-hmm. And and him, like while he provides a defensive presence, like offensively, like Brooke Lopez and Giannis are still there as like pay protectors, and they're and they're all and they're great enough to play against Rob Williams in in deep in the paint, and then defensively, uh, Giannis is able to exploit him one on one. So mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to see his minutes kind of be not I want I don't want to say restricted, but I kind of want to see his limits a little bit limited toward mm-hmm. towards the minutes where the Bucks are running Giannis and Brooke Lopez together. In that case, I think Udoka should plan to play him basically every time Giannis is out of the court, uh, which today, by the way, I don't think we were taking enough of an advantage of, uh, at least in the first half when he was off the court. Uh, that's when that's when we should have at least offensively uh, attacked the paint more. But um, yeah, next game onwards, Udoka has, has to figure out Williams' minutes and how he fits into picture, especially considering how well Williams and uh, Grant Williams, that is, and uh, Al Horford played together. One thing I did love to see today was uh, Marcus Mart's aggressiveness, especially towards the end of the game, closing. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like, like, like he flipped the switch and realized that he's stronger than the, than the guards in the Bucks. He's stronger yeah. than everyone they have there, maybe besides like Drew Holiday. But even like earlier today, like earlier in the game, he was like finding the lane. I think there was, there was like twice where he had like wide open layups. He just like mm-hmm. he and just realized he had wide open layups. 
And there was a one possession where he got uh, like George Hill on his back and he just like backed his way down to the paint and got, and got a layup. I yeah. I, I mean, the, the layups you were talking about, part of that was honestly the Bucks' fault, uh, you know, defensive uh, collapse right there. But uh, yeah, he, towards the end of the game, he really figured out that he, he ha- if, if he wants to, he can body people in the paint. I think going forward next game, honestly, they should be looking to draw out other players and try have Marcus, you know, penetrate the paint. And if not, if, if he's unsuccessful, he can kick out to maybe a wide open three um, if, if that works. But yeah, seeing that Marcus could attack the paint successfully was a pretty good sign. What do you think about Peyton Pritchard's minutes? Uh, I mean, he was a bit off. I mean, he, he was pretty off. I don't think he scored today. I think he's, he? been off. he's been a bit off this whole series. Yeah, this series has been a bit off. But I, I, have, I have a lot of faith in Peyton Pritchard. I think he's one, he's one of my favorite players on the Celtics, to be honest. Uh, even, even Darsh, uh, I know he hopped on the podcast earlier, uh, but he he loves Peyton Pritchard and his game. Um, I think I think he'll be fine. Maybe he's having a tough series right now, but I think he'll figure it out. I just think he's a tough matchup. Just because of the size of the Bucks in general, where they have they have a lot of length everywhere, and yeah, he's, and he's kind of like unplayable unless George Hill is out there. Mm-hmm. Unless like, but but it, it was kind of hard seeing, or it was it was kind of sad seeing him miss even wide open threes today. Yeah, like he had one in the corner. I remember. Uh, yeah, he, had, that he missed. He had but two, he normally knocks those down, but I don't know why he was a bit off today. Yeah, two in rhythm threes. Uh, like 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 catch and shoot threes today, and there's yeah, one the yeah. quarter. There's, there's one in the fourth quarter that I really wanted to see go in, but he was just, yeah was yeah. And I, I obviously like from the Nets series, he was playing really well against the Nets. You know, he's making oh, yeah. off the dribble threes, creating shots for others. He's mm-hmm. been, and so I hope to see him get back on track and stay in rhythm. I hope Emi Odoka doesn't take away his minutes too much and keeps him around the 15 minute range. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if, if if he steps up next game, uh, and even in the games that are to come, it, it could be a big thing because that creates spacing, uh, which would you know free up the paint a bit more, uh, get Giannis and Brooke Lopez out of there a bit, uh, so that we can attack, and if not attack, kick out to him for the three. So uh, you know, I think if he plays well, that would be big for us. Mm-hmm. All right, is there anything else you want to add? Um, trying to think. I think you covered it all. Officiating, Tatum, Horford. Anything about the Bucks that you wanted to talk about specifically? Uh, I mean, for the Bucks, it's really sad not having Chris Milton out there. I feel like they could really use another score and then another big wing defender, which is what Chris Milton like provides for them. Mm-hmm. You know. It feels like there's always someone a bit smaller who's guarding Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, and they having Chris Milton out there can really like help that. And mm-hmm. if the offense is really like stagnant, where it's either Giannis screen or Giannis gets a screen or Giannis in the post, right? I feel like it's a lot more free flowing if Chris Milton's out there and they can run Middleton Giannis pick and rolls, or even Chris Milton just someone there who can catch and shoot out of like in rhythm. So it's just mm-hmm. kind of sad to see them without Chris Middleton. And my expectation is the Celtics are going to win this out in six. That's what I had before the series started. That's what I still think is, is going to end up happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just going to come down to them saying, like, Middleton wasn't able to play in the series, which obviously is a huge part for them. 
but even though I do think we're going to win in six, I, I'm not like over here just like happy or, and, or set or I'm just like all good to go. Like Giannis is, I think he's the best player on, on the planet right now. So he could easily take over the game. He's shown me he, he can take over games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not, so I'm still on the edge of my seat here, but uh, I hope to, I, I hope to see Boston take game five back home and then go to back in Milwaukee and finish things up. Yeah. That's well said. That's pretty much I agree with. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up another episode of Three Point Play. Thank you, Armin, for being on today, and we hope to see you next time. See you.